G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, g'day, g'day. My name is Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie Pastor. Welcome to the program today, Hunty. G'day, mate. It's so good to be here. Welcome, listeners. Yeah, and glad to see you still on board, mate, and things going well for you. <laughs> yes. I want to give a shout-out to everybody, wherever they are in Australia, that's flooding. We oh, understand. Yes, we feel it. We uh, know your pain. This is a dreadful time for Australia at the moment. I think I'm 59. I've never ever seen rain and floods like this in my entire life and it is these are bad times these are dark times but hold on the sun will come yep and we get it don't we hunty we do just spent a few months ago most of you know who listen to this program anyway cleaning my own place out a 1.6 meter flood go through underneath destroyed our studio took our equipment out, Hunty, you mm. still haven't got the insurance. No, still for that. battling with the insurance company. Not going easy, is it? They're taking their time. Yeah, yeah, it is. I guess they're pretty busy. Can I name them and shame them? <laughs> if you don't want to get your insurance no, actually, money. I know they've still got hundreds of claims from Lismore in front of us, so. Oh, that's that's a little bit, <laughs> bit alarming. Yes. Yeah. Um,. Ask the Aussie Pastor. Yes, we would love to have you join us with your questions for Ask the Aussie Pastor. And if you'd like to send your questions in for this afternoon's program, then please do. The number is, the text number is 0488880851. Or you can email them to us, info at aussiepastor.com. October 25, this day in history, what happened? Well, in 1415, there was a British victory. 1415, that's a long time ago, aren't you? Sure. British victory at a place called Argencourt over the French. This was a battle that was fought in the midst of a hundred year war. Can you believe that? Wow. France and Britain went to war against each other for a hundred years. That's two, that's at least two generations, eh? Yeah, the British got the better of them too. Huh. Pretty much every, not I guess not every battle, but the French never seemed to have much success against the British. I'm not sure why. Um, I looked into history. It just seems to be the way it was. So whether you've got British or French blood in you, let's praise God you don't fight anymore because you've spent, you've spent let's face it, most of your history fighting each other. <laughs> it's unbelievable. 1616, here's one. Dirk Hartog, heard of him, Hunty? I have. I think he's an explorer that came down and found Oz. Hmm. Dutch sea captain in 1616 makes landfall in Australia for only the second time by European. Over there in, in the west somewhere. And where it, what he saw was actually an island. It's called now Dirk Hartog Island. I'd like to go there one day. Yeah. Yeah. We've only been to the west. Well, I've only been to the west once. You've been a few more times. I have. Yeah. I, I like Western Australia. Yes. I could live over there. Bunbury was especially nice where did, we were. Did you know if you travel halfway up the coast from Perth, heading north, you get to a little place that has a better barrier reef than the Great Barrier Reef? And it's only walking distance from the beach. How sure are you that it's better? It's, everyone knows it's better. It's bigger and better. I wonder whether the North Queenslanders would like to contact us <laughs> yes. about that. Yeah, text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one and put him correct, put him straight. Fancy saying there's a better reef than there the is. Barrier Reef and of Queensland. Walking distance from the beach. Mm. I've been in it. Been in it or on it or some around it. Jet skied around it. Sharks up there. Dolphins. 
monkey meat. Well, if there's dolphins, there's sharks, mate. Yeah, so are you telling me that the the reef is only 100 metres off monkey Mia? Yeah, correct. You walk out and snorkels. You walk out to it. It's Man, great. Man, you learn stuff every day, don't you? Hmm. That, that's what happens when you haven't been across. And that's why WA is such a great place. Mm. Mm. Oh, there's a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons, yep. A lot of reasons why W. The only thing I don't like about the beaches in WA is those great big white pointers that <laughs> lurk off the shore. Uh, 1854, the, in, the infamous, and it was infamous, Charge of the Light Brigade. Have you ever heard that term, the Charge of the Light Brigade? Yeah, but I have no idea what it's about. It happened during the Battle of Balaclava in the Crimean. That's where they're fighting right now, mm. Russia and Ukraine. It's one of the big prizes. It's the Crimea. Well, the British were over there with the French and a few other allies fighting the Russians. The British won this war. But in the charge of the Light Brigade, over 100 British, I guess you'd call them cavalrymen, were killed. Uh, But they did win the battle. 1940, Benjamin Davis. I bet you never heard of him. Nope. He's a very important man in American history. Detail. He became the first in 1940. So this is the beginning of World War Two. Mm-hmm. He becomes the first African American general in the U.S. Army. Ah, oh, nice. They've had many since. Yeah. And this one, Hunty. What happened in 2001? You're a techie. Something huge. Something really big happened in 2001. Could it be the iPhone? No. No. I don't know when they started. I think the iPhone was way later than that, like yeah. 2006 yeah. or seven or something. Yeah. True. True. Um, Microsoft yeah. releases. No idea. XP. Oh, I love XP. The best platform for years, that's all I'd used for Windows, was XP. I didn't think you liked Windows. Oh, look, XP was solid, reliable, and it worked. And all the things they'd brought on after it were losers and didn't work. It I took them years to make something better, and a lot of us just hung on to XP. Okay. Look, it, it goes to show how much I know about the other side. I'm an Apple man. I've been an Apple man since 2000. I'm trying to think, um, really, from the time I came to Australia, around mm. 2000, 2001, I switched to Apple and never looked back. Do they even still use Windows in those other computers? Yes. I'm talking about the, the yes. dark side. The, the dark side, yes. Yeah, they do? Yes, Windows is still alive and kicking. So Windows is is the operating system? Yeah, it costs you about $350, $370 for a licence. Yeah, well, for all those um, users of... PCs. Of, of Microsoft software. <laughs> I'd suggest you change to Apple, of course. I'm change not, to Apple. I'm, not a, I'm not a hardcore Apple supporter. In fact, there's a lot about Apple I don't like, as Hunty knows. Not the least the exorbitant prices, where I think they've jumped the shark. In other words, <laughs> they're just way too expensive. Um, just closing this section off in 2002, Richard Harris, a very famous Irish Hollywood actor, died. And here's one. Births, 1881, Pablo Picasso. You know who he is? The painter? Yeah. Spanish painter and sculptor. One of the most famous ever. Well, he was born, and here's one for 1984, Katy Perry. Right. This is her birthday. Happy birthday. If you're listening, Katy Perry. Did you know she started singing in church? Did you hear what I'm saying? If you're listening. Oh, we're going to sing, are we? No, if you're listening, Katy Perry, happy birthday. That was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> if you're listening, Katy Perry, you don't get that. Sorry, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, of course. She's, she, her father's a pastor. She's yeah. brought up. She was brought up um, with Christ in Christ, singing for Christ. I hope one day she goes back. You never know. Mm. But wherever you are, we're glad you're here today, um, Hunty. Yes. 
one more shout out if you want to. Yes. Get yes. some questions. Yes. Do it. I've noticed there are some already today. Yes, we've got a few in already, but, but, but do always it. room for more questions. Yeah, yeah. So please, anything you want to ask us, text us on 0488 or email them to us, info at Now, Hunty, before we go on, I'm going to ask you to say a prayer in a minute. I'm going to offer a prize today. Uh-oh. I never offer prices. What's this going to cost us? It's, it's a, yeah, a lot of money. <laughs> is it a good prize? Yeah, it is. Okay. It's, it's the best. There's this book called The Revelation of Jesus Christ yeah. by Renko Stavanovich. Yep. Which is one of, he is one of the best theologians in the world of any religion, any denomination, wow. any movement. He writes this brilliant book on the book, of, uh, on the, on the, a book on the book of Revelation. And it is sensational. It's a pretty thick book, but here's the deal. He is a theologian, but it's easy to read, and it'll just blow Revelation right open wow. for you. If you want that book, yep, you better stay listening because I'll stay listening. Yeah, yes, I'll tell you how. Yep, when I work Late, out later how. in the program. Yeah, when I work out <laughs> how. <laughs> a little later on, Hunty, you want to pray to start I our do. program? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, firstly, I'd like to pray for our listeners, especially that you would bless them, wrap your loving arms around them, Lord, be close to them, grant them peace, and let them feel your presence, Lord. I also want to pray for my mate Lloyd as he opens the Bible this afternoon in Bible study. Please bless him so that the message he has prepared for our listeners, Lord, will bless them also. So, Lord, we pray for a great time this afternoon in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Started off a bit slow today, Hunty. I forgot to oh. let them know what's coming in the program. Yes, in the I was show. Just thinking we've got a couple of we've got a couple of great guests. Harold Hark is coming back to talk. He about, he's coming back to talk about Martin Luther. Yes, and the greatest contest of Martin Luther's life. And after that Harold, good. yeah, we've got Doctor Kevin Petrie, a friend of yours. Yeah, and he's um, I used to work with his father actually when I was working back at the uh, the media joint at Warunga, Adventist Media. And his the, the media job. The media job. They changed their name. Okay. So I was just trying to think of it. Uh, in a slide radio. Um, yeah, his name's uh, Dr. Kevin Petrie. His interview will be very interesting. He is the president of Avondale University where I was trained. Yes. So I've got some interesting questions for him. Yes. Hey, first song. Oh. Andre Crouch. You like right. Andre Crouch? I do. Bless the Lord. This is a fantastic song. He was a pastor. He died not so long ago. He wrote some of Christianity's modern Christianity, contemporary Christianity. He's, he wrote some of the, the most beautiful, powerful songs I think ever written. I hope you like this one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, I, got, I, I, may, I may have made a bit of a mistake here, mate. Ah, uh, what's wrong? I've got the first song loaded in the machine as God and God Alone. Ah, let's go. No, but hang on. Second song is Bless His Holy Name. Here we go. I must have got them out of order. No worries. Phew. All right. Here we go. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His
is holy, bless his holy name. song hunty and i'll tell you why i like it you know where he got the words bless the lord oh my soul where's that david wrote them king david from the psalms oh wow yeah and so it's it's a it's a nice concept isn't it where you you bless the lord in other words you praise the lord you give him honor for the Mm. beautiful things he's doing in your life Mm. um i mean one more thing could you hear the trumpet a high trumpet in that piece it was exquisite says a trumpeter yeah i'm a trumpeter yeah i was just sitting here going oh hunty plays a trumpet i'll tell you something you didn't know about me i play the saxophone a bit no i do that is cool to know i got my dad's saxophone at home i'm thinking about fixing it up crank it up brother yeah and okay here's a deal yeah i'll fix my saxophone up and play it again And take it to church and play in the song service if you get your trumpet. Have you got your trumpet? Yes. Still have you got your trumpet? Got of course. Hey, you and me could do this. Do saxophones and trumpets go together? Uh, uh, they're okay. They're both pretty dominant instruments, If you poke the they? trumpet up out of the way of the vocalists and the same with the saxophone, there's space for them in worship music. How do you get a saxophone up out of the way of the vocalists? Well, Just it, is it a soprano or an alto sax? It's an alto. Oh, alto sax is upper anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty noisy though. Yeah, they're noisy, but if you if you keep them in the middle of the register, they drain at the same tone as a singer. And so, as a, uh, as a sound guy, if I see a, a saxophone arrive in a worship band, I say, "Hey, go up or get out," because you're just going to drown out our singers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe that I won't be playing with our church worship band. You could go up. Up's fun. <laughs> News. News. Um, this first one, um, and this is the title of the actual. Um, news article Polly eviscerates woke netballers. Mm. You want me to tell you the story on this one very quickly? Yes, please. I think all of Australia already knows. Australian politician Jacinta Price, who, in my view, t- um, she's, she speaks a lot of good sense. Um, she has gone off at the fact that netball, in her view, has blown up a sponsorship with Hancock Mining in Western Australia. I'm totally on her side. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I know. In 1984, I think it was, um, Mrs. Hancock's father mm-hmm. said some pretty unfortunate things about our Indigenous people. Mm, very bad. Saying basically that it would be good if they were to drink water that would... Sterilise uh, them. Yeah, and mean they don't mm. anymore mm. exist. That was horrific racism. It was. And mm. so we have an Aboriginal player who's about to start... Um, with the Australian netball pl- 
team, and I think we've only had two or three in the entire history of netball. And she, in my view, understandably, was a little bit hesitant at wearing a singlet with Hancock mining on it. And it kind of just all blew up from there. And the team basically supported her and Mrs. Hancock and Hancock Mining withdrew their sponsorship of $15 million, which was a big deal for Australian netball because they're already $7 million in the red. In the red? Yeah, in trouble. So it just goes to show, Hunter, you've got to be careful when you're starting to get into these sorts mm. of things. So is it not Hancock, it's Regina. It's Reinhardt, isn't it? The yeah, married name? Yeah. Well, I tell you why I actually think this needs to be thought about more carefully. And I was listening to a popular talkback radio show this morning who did some digging into the past of some of the players. And yeah, but I, I, what I, I, think, I think without even going down that road, which I don't want to go down, Sure, I, I think the reality is if you're a player and you're going to go out and play, shouldn't you have some right? to talk about because you're the one playing, you're the one bringing the money in, you're the one even attracting the sponsors. Shouldn't you have some right to talk about who the sponsors will be? Sure. I guess I was going to say, do we hold everybody accountable to what their parents said 50 years ago? It, it probably... If my dad had said that, yeah. and I was in her position, yeah. and, and I'm not, and I think there's two things here. If my dad had said that, I would say, yeah, look, I, I don't agree with that at all. I, I'm. That is not how I think, and she hasn't done that, uh, Mrs. Reinhardt, isn't it? She hasn't done yeah, it. But but what she has done, Gina, and, and I'll give her this with Gina, Gina Reinhardt. She has spent millions of dollars on really decent Indigenous support mm-hmm. programs for all years, around Australia. For years, yeah. So maybe she thinks, and I think in in a world where. We get off on words and forget about the actions. I think her actions do show, to be fair to her, that she does support our Aboriginal Indigenous people mm. in a big way. Mm. But it, it just goes to show how, at the moment, race relations between the different groups in the world are, are on tender hooks, aren't yes. they? It's very yes. sensitive. Very sensitive. And yes. I'd just like to remind you that whether you're Indigenous, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Island, whether you're... Uh, English background Australian or like me who's a mixture of everything, God loves you. Yes. He doesn't care what colour you are. He, in fact, the colours that God created us are just another sign of his creativity. Mm-hmm. We're all human beings. He loves us and he died for us all. And I hope and pray that Netball and Hancock Mining can find some peace mm, because yeah. I tell you what I love watching those diamonds those Aussie netballers do the silver phones yeah, those Kiwis. quality team <laughs> I mean we got beaten in the cricket we get beaten in the rugby but you might want to remember Kiwis we beat you in the netball <laughs> and I love it I love a story the happy ending <laughs> <laughs> um, that second one Hunty, I know you got a bit to say about this a plane overshoots shoots a runway a, a Korean plane mm. Overshoots a runway. Where was it again? Uh, in the Philippines. How, how with all the technology mm. and all the training, does a modern plane last night? I I would not expect this if I'm on mm. Korean Air. Mm. 
How does it run off the runway? Does it lose its brakes? Is there a, is there an engine malfunction? How does that happen well, in, I, in a modern world? Well, I, I saw the story and it really caught my eye too because I didn't know how much automation there is on these planes and how pretty much foolproof they are to fly. And so I did some research, including ringing a mate of mine who's an A330 pilot. Ah, uh, did you, Josh? I did. And is the, he listening now? <laughs> not a chance. Oh, okay. he's, at, he's at work. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but anyway, um, look, there was a problem with the weather. It, there was a storm, a terrible storm. Um, but the things that, w- that went wrong, firstly, was that internationally, it's it's fairly well common policy, after two attempted landings, you fly off to your backup airport. Oh, okay. If you can't land it twice, yep. you don't go for a third attempt. No the, going the for book, a third the attempt. The book says don't go for a third attempt. Go off to your B, your B airport. Yep, yep. Right. So the fact they took a third attempt is a no-no, number one. Number two, the weather was definitely against them. And I think, according to my mate who's the pilot, he thinks that the autopilot didn't recognise that the wheels were on the grid and therefore didn't engage... The disruptors on the wings, which take the the, the wing got, yeah, from a, got, from, yeah. a, from lift to, to, to pressure, yeah, yeah. So, and then they didn't put the reverse thrust on, so we landed three quarters of the way down the runway. Now these things need about one point two kilometres to stop normally in the dry. The guy put it on the runway was only under five hundred metres to go. Oh. With brakes wouldn't work because it was wet, and the reverse thrusters didn't come on. That's what saw it off the end of the runway. So, so those pilots are looking for a new job. They are, and th- so there's. Multiple things wrong there. Probably mechanical failure on the point of the plane for not getting into reverse thrust. And the pilots are doing a a third lap and not getting it down early enough. So, is it just the captain that's responsible? Does the first officer, you don't know? Everybody in that cockpit will be looking for another job. That's sad, isn't it? It's sad. But praise God no one was hurt. Yes, indeed. But it's going to take some moving to get that thing off the end of the runway. <laughs> Absolutely. It looks like it's raining and it's, it's bogged and it's fallen down it's and it's very damaged. 200, no, 185 tonnes. Sitting in mud. Hmm. Mm. I don't think your four-wheel drive jeep is going to get that one out, Hunty. <laughs> Hunty loves to pull people out of the mud. You're not pulling that guy out. Not in a hurry. Um, Profes- Professor Sir John Bell, an Oxford University expert who advised ministers in England and Britain, says that Brits no longer need to fear catching COVID-19, that as it has morphed, uh, uh, um, mm. what do they call it, evolved? Evolved, yep. That it's actually become less and less powerful. Mm. And so now it's barely worse than the common flu. Um, and there does seem to be some evidence for that because there are massive outbreaks at the moment all around the world. Not a whole lot of people are ending up in hospital. You think it's the end of COVID, Hunty? Do- well, do- Dr. Hunty, do you I, think well, it's I did the some end? research on this as well. Yep. Firstly, to see if what you're saying was true. Mm. Clearly, it is very true. But to find out why. And apparently, because this time around in its history, we were quick with the vaccine mm. and quick to vaccinate most people... That's why it didn't get chance to mutate, because people were clobbering it at a great rate. So yes, can, it's, can it's, you see my? Yeah, I know you. You don't like vaccines, but no, 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 I don't mind vaccines. It's, I don't like. No, them. no, I seriously don't mind vaccines. In fact, I'm probably more a vaccine guy than you. You, because you don't ever take the flu. I, I do. Um, I'm just wondering you, when you say that, what about the 1919 flu that was done in a year or two and this one just keeps going on and on and on and yet they had no vaccines back then. Some, do you think it would have been better to let it run or? 
Oh, I mean, this is a great argument out there, isn't it? I looked into to that vaccine too. vaccine or not to vaccine. I looked into that too. Yeah. And Dr. Ross Walker, who is um, a cardiologist at the Sydney Adventist Hospital, also has a health segment on, on 2GB. I heard him make comment this morning about it. And he said, okay. he said that the amount of severe health damage that the majority of people on the planet have escaped due to vaccine is massive. Absolutely massive. They're looking at 0.02% of people vaccinated with, with some kind of side effects, which is extremely low, And the, but the benefit has been magnificent. There's a lot of argument out there that the vaccines made no difference, um, that they never stopped the spread. I'm, I'm interested in that argument because at the time I remember them actually saying this is not going to stop the spread. Right, it'll just stop the effect. It'll it'll just dampen the effect. Everybody's a bit a bit of chance to fight. You know what? The truth on these things <laughs> always comes out in the long run. Does it? Yeah, it does. Good. Yeah, it does. It it always comes out, and so w- w- there's a lot of smoke and there's a lot of mirrors. Yes. I know you're vaccined up. You've um had your fourth. I've drunk the Kool Aid. There's another one coming. Um, yes, I'll have that too. What's his name? Biden got it the other day. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to influence people either way on this. I think these are the sorts of things you've got to yep. sort through. Make your own if mind you're up. a Christian, you talk to the Lord about it. Um, he gives you guidance and leading on this sort of thing. And your doctor. Yeah, and your doctor, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you're going to make your mind up no matter what your doctor says. That's right. Uh, we all, you know, especially us Aussies, we're pretty sure on, on where we want to go on these things. <laughs> I love when you say that because... A lot of people think they know more than their doctor. Lots of people in this country. I'm on Facebook, and you just look at the look at the keyboard warriors with their opinions on things medical. Who've got not a clue. You always enjoy watching people who failed <laughs> chemistry, biology, yes. and science on Facebook telling us what to or what <laughs> so not true, to. So true, so um, true. But again, this is this is kind of a very deeply personal thing. It is. And the one thing I would say is, I think people have a right to make their own decisions on this. Uh, really right from the beginning have, have been very uncomfortable with any of us being forced to do anything when mm. it comes to our own bodies and, you know, they are ours. Um, people will argue, I know there's other arguments against that, Hunty. Well, there's others to be worried and care for, but in the end it's your body and you've got to make that decision. Um, yep. And the good news story. Yes. I, I put this one in for you. Thanks. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> How to lose weight sitting down. Oh, I like that. Tell me more. Did you know yeah. that as you're sitting down and you raise, do it now, hunting yeah, with me, yeah. raise your heels in the air, hold it, and then let it down, right. and you can keep doing that for ages. Do you know that that burns more fat than going on a run? Oh. If you keep doing that right the way through the day. So you leave your toes on the floor yeah, and you raise your heels, just like that. Are you doing it, mate? I am. giving it a crack. Yeah. That burns more fat than if you were to go for a run. Wow. I thought you'd find that encouraging. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Two fat boys, we can tease each we other. We can, we're we? loud. <laughs> no worries at all. But, you know, we, we, we talk about these news items every week. I try to make them a bit different this week, so we're not talking about Ukraine and Russia and all the terrible things that are happening. And, and, man, aren't there some terrible things happening mm. in the world at the moment? Yeah. It is such a sad, sad place. But I think when you read the news, when you listen to the news, when you watch the news, keep a level head, stay centred, and keep looking up. Because Jesus is coming soon. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. 
Uh, more news um, about how to win this book shortly, Hunty. Okay, yes. However... Let's tease him some more. <laughs> it, well, it is a fantastic, fabulous book. Well, you gave it a big rap. Yeah, it's called, it, it's, it's called uh, The Revelation mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Exactly what the book is called, actually, in the Bible. And it opens up, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, one of the best scholars in the world in easy-to-understand English. I know this guy, Renko Stavanovich. I know him. I think you do too, Hunt. Yeah, I do. He's a good guy. And he knows, he actually knows the books of Daniel and Revelation really, really good. (laughs) But if you want that book, you better keep listening. Hunty. Yes. What about, uh, can we give another yell out, another shout out yes. for our salesy pastor? I, yes. I don't want to Be, see some more questions but, today. But before I do, yeah. one of our friends, you can probably guess who I'm talking about, could could lose a few pounds. <laughs> and she's just texted in, best news I've heard all day. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lil, I love you. Oh, you gave it away. <laughs> no worries at all. I think she must be talking about the how the, the, that raise your heel thing. It's true. <laughs> it's actually I was amazed, but and that muscle doesn't get tired very easily. So you can actually, if you're sitting in a chair, you can leave your toes on the ground and lift your ankles, and you can do it all day. Hold, let it down <laughs> all day. So, Hunty, I'm expecting to see you get real fit <laughs> as you sit in that chair. Yes, uh, pontificating. Well, that's it. All right, <laughs> let me let me get back to the task at hand. If you would like to win this amazing prize. Dot this no, number no, down. No, 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 no. I said dot this number down. We haven't told you what to do yet. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, here's the number you need to know. I'm still trying to work out oh, what no, to no. do. That's why, that's why I said get, the, <laughs> get I, your pen I'm out. A, I'm after Ask the Aussie Pastor. I wanted you to do Ask the Aussie Pastor. Same, same number. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, see, I'm getting somewhere with this. Okay. 0488 that's our text number for everything on this show, this program. Also, you can email us, info at aussiepastor.com, and it's not too late. If you've got a question for Lloyd, please send it in to us. Yeah, do it. We yeah. really, really would like that very, very much. This song, Hunty. Yes. You're back in Yeah, I'm, just, I'm having a look now. I reckon i got the song queued up. This is Steve Green. You like Steve Green? I do. I reckon he's our generation. Yeah, he is. I have enjoyed his music all my life. Same. From the time I was a young man to now, he's a very spiritual man. Are you talking about Keith Green or Steve Green? Steve Green. Okay, good. You don't, do you know Steve Green? Yeah, or? he's our age. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So you know of him? I've worked with him. Steve Green, he's yes. American, not Australian. Oh, then I'm confused. He's American. I'm have to Google who I'm thinking of. <laughs> God and God alone. This is a beautiful song. Master's plan 
It's God's and God's alone. God and God alone is fit to take the universe's throne. Let everything that lives reserve its truest breath. song on the majesty and the glory and the honour of God. I often think about God. Big finish. You know that? I think about God. What does he look like? Who is he? What is he like? Mm. If I want to know what he's like, I go and read the story about Jesus, because Jesus was God who came down in human flesh. Yep. But I do spend some time thinking about God, and you get some amazing um, descriptions of God in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, where you've got the throne room of God and his blue luz, how do you say that word? Oh, yeah, the blue. Blue luz, I've said holy throne. I'm going to Google it. You, you just get this magnificent description of God and his power. And it's a beautiful thing to know that you can have this intimate relationship with God. And yet for me, I've known him almost all my life. He is still unknowable to an extent. I don't really know the depths of God, and I just want to know more. I have this thirst to know more mm, about same, God. Same. 
And when I get to heaven, I'm looking forward to spending time specifically with God. And people say, oh, well, how would you do that? There'll be billions of people in heaven, which there will be, all looking to talk to God. Well, if God can talk to me now and he can talk to you, auntie, and he can Mm. talk to all our listeners, he's beyond us. He's not bound by the physical dimensions that we are. He lives outside of time. Mm. Um, I I think if he can talk to me now, he'll talk to me then. I want to sit down on a park bench beside a a, a gentle Mm. running river. I'm Mm. recovering Mm. from the trauma of this earth and this trauma, and I want to be able to sit and talk to God. You know, I was thinking the other day, Hunty, Mm. what I'd be like if I'd lived in the time of Jesus. How would you have been if you'd lived in the time of Jesus? Would you have been right up there with him? How how would you have reacted to Jesus? Have you ever thought about that? Yes, I have. And I I see things through rose-coloured glasses. I'd be up there with a sword fighting the... The institution, I would but, be. But would you? How would your relationship be with him? I would. Yeah, be. So, if you see Jesus sitting there on the field teaching, what would you have done? Um, I would love to be just at his feet, just listening and. So, would you have pushed your up. way through right to the front, or don't know if I want to ever push my way through, but I, but I'd somehow be smart enough to get to the front. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of the opposite to that. I would have sat on the outskirts of it. You know why? Why is that? Because I don't feel worthy. Oh, I'm definitely not And I would have sat right out there and I would have just watched and I would have listened from a distance. And you know where I get emotional is I know what would have happened. What's that? He would have seen me and he would have come and sat with me and put his arm around me. That's God and that's how he works. So no matter how you feel about yourself... He's going to come after you. And if, 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 if you're interested in him, if your heart is even slightly open, I can tell you now, God is going to come after you. And I like that about him. He's beyond religion. You know that, don't you, Andy? Yeah. He's beyond even religion, denominations and movements. He's coming after your heart because you matter to him a whole lot. This this little Bible study, Revelation chapter 19, Hunty, yep. verse 11, if we can get through it to 17, it's pretty... Um, up there in your face. Is your screen still on? That yeah. thing's screen off. Good yeah, on yeah. you. Mine's just gone off. But I'm not. I'm not reading from that anyway. Right. I'm, I'm on my computer. I've, I got, I've got a backup screen's on. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we've got all because we've been flooded out. We've been burned out first. Flood, yes. We lost everything in a fire. Yes. And now we've lost everything in a flood. We're the hunted. garbage. The garbage and junk we're using now is from the eighties. That's right. You've got the the some of the cables we're using are from the. Yeah, even the late seventies, early eighties, and they're just—I I inherited a bunch of cables in the early eighties from a mate who was getting out of sound and production. He said, "Here you go, hunty. I've just had a good life, and I've used them for, for my entire life since the eighties. And they're failing left, right, and, yeah. and centre, listeners. <laughs> yeah, they are. All of, I think we went through three cables Today, this morning. Yeah, yeah. please, insurance company, hurry up. Hey, guess what? Well, I Google while we were talking, lapis lazuli, yes. which is this, apparently it's the most stunning blue on the planet. Um, it uh, is part of lazurite, which is typically found in the most expensive crystal marble. And that, my friend, yes. is what God's throne room's made oh, out of. Oh, wow. I can't wait. You know what? I truly am a believer in all this. I am a believer. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see God. Revelation 19, this is what this is the story of Jesus, of God coming back to the earth the second time. This is future. Yep. But not too far into the future, hunty. Yep. Let's have a look at it and see what you think. Okay. wonder what our listeners think when they hear this, especially oh. if you're hearing it for the first time. Yes. This is a graphic. This is just going to say. It, it's not all positive either. 
There's some real negatives in here for some yep. on the earth. We probably should give this um, a parent warning. No, it's not that bad. Okay. Is it? I don't know if I want my parent, my kids to hear this if they were young. Uh, it's yeah. the Bible. Uh, I, I don't know. Mm. Kids wouldn't be paying attention, are they? Maybe, the away, last, probably. maybe the last The last bit, yeah. I'm not giving a parent warning. Okay, fine. (laughs) Verse 11, Hundy. Okay, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. Okay, okay. Who's this? Um, he's a, he's, this is John the Apostle. He's on the island of Patmos, somewhere I want to go. We're trying to go to within the year, Hunty, to do some filming. It's got to be Jesus. And he looks, and heaven opens up. It mm. just means that he can see into heaven. Mm. And he sees a rider on a white horse who's called Faithful and True with justice. Mm-hmm. He judges and wages war. So Jesus, when he comes back, because yep. this is Jesus, yep. and we'll, we'll prove it a bit more in a moment, He's coming back for justice mm-hmm. and to wage war, but to wage war on who? Because all the people that did, that, that did wrong against him and Christians, all the evil no, no, people. No, no, not just Christians, against each other. Yeah, the evil people on the, this the, earth. This is, this is Jesus coming back who's seen the terrible injustice that some of you have gone through, mm-hmm. the terrible injustices that people in Ukraine mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. young Russian soldiers forced to go to war. Yeah. He sees all that. And he is coming back, and he is going to bring justice, and he will judge. So that's why it's important now to give your life to Jesus mm, now. Mm. Because at the moment, he's the saviour. But soon he's going to come back and make no mistake, he's coming as a judge to mm. do justice. And to do it, he will wage war. Wage war on who? Those who have mm. mistreated, ill-treated others on yes. the planet. yep. Okay, verse 12. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has the name written on him that no one knows but he himself. And the next one, verse 13. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. That's how we know it's Jesus. Correct. His eyes are like blazing fire. If you go back to Revelation 1 and 2, you've got a description, a physical description of Jesus in heaven. This fits right in with that. Mm. On his head are many crowns. That just means he's symbolic. King, yep. King of, of Kings. kings. Yes. You know, Charles and Camilla are about to be crowned king. Is I think she's going to be the queen, isn't it? She? Queen consort. I believe she's never but allowed to be she's queen. She's still called Queen Camilla, I think. I uh, didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was forever queen consort. Well, Queen Elizabeth's mother was queen consort, and okay. she was called the queen. Okay. I think what happens is, and, and I'm going to get corrected for sure by <laughs> royal watchers out there, but I think what happens is um, when the queen, when the king dies, the queen consort is no longer the queen. Right. So she's a queen while the king while is he's alive. alive. Got it. Um, Charles will have a special crown, Yep. and so will Camilla. Hmm. I think there's a problem with Camilla's because it's got a jewel in it that some Indians claim belong to them. Wow. And so they're saying you shouldn't be using that crown. But he has crowned him with many crowns. The, this is just symbolic of the fact that he is the king of the kings. And it's interesting that Queen Elizabeth, her grandmother, or great-grandmother, Queen Victoria, they all claim to bow low before Jesus. So this is this is just saying who he is. Um, his robe dipped in blood. What's that about, Hunty? I guess that's the, the, the blood and the dead 
carcasses of all the people. No, 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 no. I had to pull you up. Oh, I was enjoying no, this. No, no. Not all the people he's vanquished? No, it's his own blood that he died on the cross, robe oh. dipped in blood. Oh. Uh, yeah, Hunty learned something there. That's good. Feels good. Do you get that? Oh, I like that you hold me up. <laughs> I could have gotten really no in wonder, trouble there. No wonder you wanted to put a, uh, a parental a, guidance, a parental warning, on guidance this. warning on this study, man. Yeah, no, no. The robe is his robe of righteousness. Yep. That's his character. That's what he puts around you when you give your life to him. He puts his robe around you, all symbolic, to say, hey, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. That's why when he comes back, he's not waging war on you, auntie, or me, or those who love God. He's waging war on those who, who don't have this robe that's dipped in blood. The robe, his character dipped in the blood, him who died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sins. Make sense? Makes much more sense. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, you worried me there where you're going with that one. Oh, dear. Verse, verse, remember, remember when we're doing this, Jesus loves people. Correct. He is gentle. He is calling us now to follow him. But this will happen. He's not coming back as a suffering servant. He's coming back as the king of kings to rescue the world. And he's going to rescue the world from the evil in it, and that includes some people. Mm. Verse 14. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. My dad loves that. In my dad's imagination, Jesus is going to come back Mm. riding a white horse. What do you reckon? Well, symbolic or for real, it's still going to be impressive. Very impressive. Mm. I mean, when he comes back, will he this be is, This is a flying horse, obviously. Yeah, well, it's, it's flying through space. Mm. Um, it, is, it is an incredible scene. Um, will he come back on a white horse? This is a symbolic book? I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me if he did. Mm. Verse 15. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. Okay, what's this sword coming out of his mouth, Hunty? Yeah, I'm saying quiet now. <laughs> Do you know what the sword represents in the Bible? I guess that's the armaments we no, get no, from the Holy no, Spirit to no. defend ourselves. No. No. It's I the- should have kept quiet. No, I like hearing from you. You don't have to keep quiet at all. You you often come up with great ideas um, and concepts and theories. Theories, lots theories, of theories. theories yes. It's the truth. All right. The truth coming... And it's the truth in the end that convicts the world of sin. Right. And so he's coming back with the truth. And he is coming back to deal with the wickedness and the evil in our world. And the Bible describes it fairly graphically here. Yep. Verse 16. Okay, verse 16. On his robe and on his thigh, he has his name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Keep going. Uh, well, well, that's just reinforcing, before you go on, Hunty, yep. who he is. That's why I get a bit worried, Hunty, when I see, you know, we put these... Um, things out on social media about Jesus inviting people to know him and a lot of people are pretty and it is a lot of people sarcastic they pontificate they mock him it bothers me a bit to tell you the truth yeah me too 
Because he is the king. Whether you accept Jesus or not, whether you acknowledge him or not, the truth is not going to change on this. I should get offended. I think that you wouldn't take on Muhammad. You wouldn't take on the prime minister with the same vitriol as you take on the Christian God. I'm because not Christ- a- Christians don't fight back. So I'm not offended. Oh, I hate I, it. I, I, I absolutely I, hate I, it. I get how it works. Um, Jesus said, talking about the world, if they hate to me, they'll hate you too. Yeah, fair enough. So I think if you're going to go out like I do on social media, and if you go to our Aussie Pastor Facebook page, you'll see it. You will. Yourself. You will. This last few weeks we've had Well, that's because we're doing, a, we're doing a public mm. program inviting people to come to Jesus. Mm. And there's a lot of hostility out there in Australia, among some, toward Jesus. And so when we're on social media, it becomes really, really apparent. Um, and you can get offended, but I don't think there's much use, Hunty, getting offended. I like I like people who say, well, the reason they take God's name in vain is because it's the most powerful name on the planet. Well, he is real. Mm. Uh, and it, what bothers me is that so many Aussies take Jesus lightly. And yet you've got this story here that a lot of pastors probably won't go to a whole lot because it's so graphic. It's almost fierce because here you've got Jesus coming back as a warrior. And he's coming back for justice and to judge. Um, mm. And he's doing that because sooner or later sin's got to end. Yep. This is the king of the kings. It is the lord of the lords. It is the kings and queens down through the centuries have bowed before. And he's coming back. And it will happen whether you want to acknowledge it or not. It will happen. And that's why the call that you feel on your heart now where Jesus is asking you to come to him is so important. Okay, hunty, mm, let's finish verse this. Verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, Come, gather together for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh so of this is your parental. this is your parental guidance hunting and the mighty of horses and their riders and the flesh of all people free and slave great and small someone once asked me when Jesus comes will there be a lot of people left on the earth who follow him mm-hmm. what's your answer hunting uh, we had that nasty Aussie past the last week and you said you didn't think there'd be many no very sad it's negative to say that mm. But Jesus himself said, what did he say? Narrow is the path that leads mm-hmm. to salvation and few there are who find it. Mm. He said, broad is the road that leads to destruction. Yep. He also said, when I return, talking specifically about the second coming, he said, will I find faith on the earth? My favourite modern day version of this is, that's a highway to hell and a staircase to heaven. Mm. That was a song, wasn't it? Led Zeppelin? Uh, I think highway so. Highway to heaven? I think so. No, Highway to Hell's ACDC. Oh. And Stairway to Heaven is the Eagles. I thought it was Led Zeppelin. Probably both. But you know, I gave up on that music a long, long time ago. Mm. Glad I did too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't doing anything for me. No, um, it was the Angels, sorry, Highway to Hell. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well, they anyway. should know what they're singing Aussie band. About. Yeah, singing about. Yeah. Um, look, this is a graphic, symbolic illustration that when Jesus comes... There are going to be a lot of people not waiting for him. Yeah. They're not going to want him to come. It'll be seen as an alien invasion, really. That's why it's important now when you hear that call on your heart, hunty, mm. to respond. And yes. It's such a beautiful thing. I, I often think, what is it? And I, and I think Australians, because I'm an Aussie, you're Australian. We're, we are Australian Australians. Mm. 
uh, all the all the different influences that and cultural idioms that make up Aussies, we are. Mm. And I often wonder what is it that's causing Australians to be so resistant to Jesus? Mm. Because walking with him is a beautiful thing, isn't it, mate? I want to back up what you said. If you've got an opportunity to say yes, open your heart to Jesus, why not right now? Yeah. Why not today? Because this graphic description of the second coming is not the only description in Revelation. And next week we're going to go into what happens as Jesus comes. And it's got a lot to do with those who have made decisions for him. So we can take the PG uh, label off next week, Hunter. Good. Because we're going into some good stuff. I hope you you enjoyed that Bible study. Yeah, I learned something. I'm not a pastor to avoid this stuff in the Bible. I confront it head on because I think it's there for a reason. And I think it should encourage us to seek Jesus, to at least look at him and see if there might not be something to this man who calls himself God in the Bible. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Where's Hampton, a young fella? Still a young... Oh, he's probably in his 40s now, aren't he? Yep. He sings this beautiful song, No Other Name But Jesus. I chose this song because I knew we were going to do this Bible. Hey... Yeah. Do you know, I found, I found out the name of the singer I, I this will work with here in Australia. It wasn't Steve Green, it was Steve Grace. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's a good singer. We should get we should get uh, some of his music on sometime. Yeah, we should. You know, when you get old like you and your mind starts to fade. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I opened the door for that, didn't it's, I? <laughs> yeah, it starts to fade a little bit. And the, I knew myself the, to blame. The electrons and the neurons aren't kind of <laughs> running along the pathways as they should, so we understand. Yeah. <laughs> When you're a young man like me, the <laughs> fact is I'm actually older than the Hey, going back to this song, to, it's a yep, beautiful song. song yep. No other name but Jesus from West Hampton. And it's glorifying and it's honour. It's worshipping. This song is worshipping Jesus, who, whether we like it or not, and I like it, coming back soon. Above his name there is no other name The one who is eternally the same There is no other name The first and last, beginning and the end He was the king who made Common man is free. There is no Jesus! 
in the name of Jesus today. I'm worshipping him. Feels good. Whenever I do it, hunty, I feel complete. Hey, I know how I'm going to give this book away. How's that? The first person yep. to either text yep. or email yep. because you've got access to both. Yep. So the first person either... Matt, let's make it just a text since my computer's just crashed. Let's just go text today. That's a bit... Unfair to the oldies who don't have a phone? I think so. Nah, that's life. So have you, that's life. So if someone sends a... An email for a question right now, I can't see it. Ah. Oh. But you can text us, though. Mm, I'm going to wait until next time. Oh. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. This is a, this is a really expensive book. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm calling that off. Okay. Is Harold there? The handbrake. Let's see if Harold's there. Hey, there, Harold. Hi there, Lloyd. Good to hear from you, Harold, and nice to know you're online. You're sounding good today. Yes, it's good to be back with you. We're going to talk about Martin Luther. I think possibly the greatest confrontation of his life and perhaps the one he's most famous for. This is certainly right. We finished last week with a big confrontation in Augsburg, and this continues the story. Now, 
the confrontation is in the city of Worms, but it's not spelt W O R M S. But that's not how it's in, spelt. Oh, that's not in Germany, you'd call it Worms. Worms. Yeah, I was going to say that's not how it's said, not how it's spelled. Worms. Do you, do you correct people when you're taking them around Europe with this story? When you've got pastors, uh, they, they soon learn. Just like we say, Volkswagen. Yeah. It's not we say Volkswagen, but it's Volkswagen over there. Ah, uh, okay. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. You still don't want to call the place worms when it's worms, though, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's get into the story. In 1519, the Duke of Saxony, who was a big player there, he sponsored a debate. Um, firstly, the Duke of Saxony, he was the ruler of that part of Germany at the time, correct? That's correct, yes. So he's a powerful prince. Right, he was. And he had a leaning toward Luther. Would it be fair to say that? Yes, and if you remember, Luther had nailed his 95 theses in 1517, mm -hmm. and that was, a, that was um, he did that because of Tetzel selling indulgences. That's right. And they wanted indulgences to build uh, the big cathedral in Rome. Mm. And Luther was right against that. You don't sell salvation. And the Duke said, okay. Let's have a debate, and we'll sort this out forever. So this is two years later. This is 1519. This is two years later, yes. I, I find it sobering to think that St. Peter's, this grand church, was built on the back of indulgences, which are basically the idea that you can buy a ticket that will forgive you your sin. That's correct. Uh, yeah, don't like that at all. Okay. Um, no. So uh, what was Luther's remarks because I think it gives you an insight into his character when he heard about the debate well Luther said when he heard this debate was coming he said a simple layman armed with the scriptures was superior to both the Pope and the councils without them mm. Mm. you know Luther really was saying that and, and making that his stance he was against what the church was saying he was really saying the Bible and the Bible alone that's correct. He was saying it doesn't matter whether you're a pope, whether you're an archbishop, whether you're a pastor like I am. doesn't matter. Well, In the end, it's the Bible and the Bible alone, and ordinary people have the ability to understand it. Sola Scriptura, Sola Christa, Sola Fide, all of these, only in Christ, only by the Scriptures, only by faith. How, did long, how long did this debate go for? Well, this debate that the Duke of Saxony called, it went for a whole month. So it wasn't twenty seventh of June, yeah, twenty seventh of July. I, I, I'm amazed. You know, we think of a debate as an hour, two hour long thing. Not, <laughs> not back then. Um, who, for a month. <laughs> who did the debate begin with? Because it never began with Luther. No, Luther didn't get an invitation to start with, mm. and one of his colleagues, Karlstadt, he was there, but Karlstadt was the guy that had to have his notes, and he wasn't a really flash speaker. And Luther heard of that. He said, I'm going. And he just barged his way down and joined the debate. Um, Karlstad's a good guy too, isn't he? Like, he, he, he wasn't, was. he wasn't flamboyant. He never had the persona of Martin Luther, but he was a tremendous servant of God and a tremendous mind. And he had much more on the Seventh day Sabbath too. Yeah, well, that's a story we need to look at sometime. Yep. Maybe next time, Harold. <laughs> we seem okay. to be on a serial here. <laughs> um, that's okay. So Luther arrives a little, uh, 
what, a couple he, of weeks? How long into the debate? Probably about a week after it started, he came in. And he kind of takes over, is that correct? Yes, he did. He sort of elbowed his way in, and Carl Stat, who didn't have his uh, books, he wasn't allowed the books, mm. and the opposition, Eck, was one who he knew everything from his mind, and so Luther said, let me take it, and he steps right in. Eck and Luther, of course, are old protagonists. They'd been at it before. That's for sure. And it seems to me that both are pretty confident in their arguments. Yes. So In what? fact... Yep. Go on. No, no, go on. Go on. Eck was the one who really, at this, he started to nail Luther, not on justification, he couldn't do that, mm. but he, he nailed him and said, hey, what you're saying is the same as John Huss has said, and the Council of Constance didn't like it, and you're now with Huss. And Luther acknowledged that he was. Well, he was. He, he had to say that. But that, of course, by Eck, puts him out as like a heretic. Well, I actually reckon when I... Because I know this story pretty well. I reckon Eck was actually threatening his life there. He was saying, he look, was. Huss went down and got burned at the stake for what you are now yep. saying. You are saying the same thing, aren't you, Luther? He's trying to yep. almost bash him... Not trying to win him with the truth. Trying to bash him into submission because Luther... Um, was believing the Bible truths that Huss was burned for. Um, That's right. How did Luther respond to that? Well, Luther, he just had to say, well, that's, that's what the Bible, Huss in, uh, in that time was talking what the Bible was saying, and I believe the Bible. So he didn't back off, did he? No. Who promises to protect Luther? I found this interesting. Well, by the next year, Luther had started to write a lot of things and he talked about good works, how mm. a Christian should live. But then in June, he wrote about the papacy in Rome and he'd been there and he knew all the abuses that were there and that really puts the cat amongst the pigeons, puts the fire in, in everything. And then he is seen as a heretic by Rome, but... Who stands by him? The Christian nobility of the German nation. They they say, we've got a hundred knights here and we'll fight for Luther. Is that like saying we've got a hundred generals? Uh, that's a hundred uh, guys who were those, on the horseback. Those, those knights would have represented a lot more soldiers than just a hundred. That's the cavalry, yes. That's right. And these were some of the most powerful warriors in Europe. That's true. And they're saying, we will protect Luther against the papacy, against Rome. That's right. So it's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's splitting Germany right down the middle. So things begin to heat up between Luther and the Pope. I mean, really heat up. And they're really going at it. Tell us a little about that. Well, this is now 1520, and they start the Inquisition against Luther. What's that mean? And Just before you go on, what's that mean? That means you really got to answer these questions, mm. and the question will come to a bit later when he gets to Worms, yep. but they, they're going to nail him, and in the middle of the year, the Pope, Pope Leo X, issues a bull of excommunication. Luther is given 60 days to recant, or he's nothing, he's out. He's how, dead how if did, he doesn't. How did Luther, and, and, and I mean, you're, when you say dead, he is literally dead. They're going to burn him at well, the stake. Well, as far as the church is concerned, he would have he would lose his authority. 
he would be no longer a priest in the church. He's nobody. I think there's no doubt he's headed in the same direction as Eck to be burned at the stake. Um, That's right. But these hundred knights who represented thousands of soldiers, they certainly yes. stayed their hand. How did Luther respond when he was given this edict of excommunication? Well, L- Luther gets this edict, or this bull as we call it, the edict of excommunication, and he's back in Wittenberg, his hometown, and he's standing just outside the gate, and he's given this, and there's someone in December that's cold over there, and they've mm. got a fire going, warming themselves, and when he's given this by some herald or something, he looks at it, and he throws it in the flame, and he says, that's it. If the Pope can excommunicate me, I'll excommunicate the Pope. <laughs> and he did. He excommunicated <laughs> the Pope. Oh, you love Martin Luther. Who summoned Luther then to Worms? Well, Luther then, because this Inquisition is gathering steam and the Pope bans him, he's excommunicated and then he's summoned by the Emperor. This is the Catholic Mm. Emperor, Charles V. You've got to come now because the Pope wanted him to go to Rome. He would never have survived that. Mm. And the Elector of Saxony said, it's got to be in Germany. So Mm. they chose Worms and the Emperor says, you come now. Um, this is like the King of Europe, isn't it? Um, That's right. Interesting, though. He this, was the Holy Roman Empire. This Elector of Saxony, though, Luther's friend, certainly had some power. Was this a big he deal did. in Europe at the time? Oh, it was split. I mean, once Luther nailed his things up, the printing presses sent them everywhere. Mm. And they were they were being talked about, and the, the church was being seen in a bad light. They had to do something with Luther or they'd lose it all. So he goes to Worms, April 17, 1520. What did they want Luther to do? Well, they just want him to recant. And when he gets there, you know, there's just one one thing. We're going to make him recant. Mm. And which, so which means to, to go back on what he was, yeah. To, yes, to take back all I've said and yep. say that's all wrong and I'm sorry, I'll, I'll do what the Pope says. Yep. So what happens? So he gets there, you said he gets there, what was on the table? Well, on the table, they'd collected all his books, they put them there, and he was to appear now before the emperor, before all the the princes of Germany, all the bishops and archbishops were there, and this is like a world court of the time, and Luther is on his own, one guy against all these. And when he gets there, and let me tell you something else, he couldn't stay now in the monastery because he's excommunicated. Yeah, that's right. He has to stay in the local hotel. With a couple of other guys and, too. And there's other guys in the room, and Luther had got the stomach bug at this time as well. Oh, dear. What? Wow. So, so Anyway, he's, he's it, called then to this imperial diet, this council. So they put all the books there, they say, recant, what did he say? Well, he, he uh, they say, well, you recant these. Well, well, first of all, will you read the names out? Mm. And he made them read all the names out. And he written lots of books. Mm, mm, mm. And then they said, okay, will you recant these? Mm. And uh, will you retract them? And he said, now, now, listen, this touches God and his word. This affects the salvation of souls. I beg you, give me some time. How much time did they give him? They gave him 24 hours. The next day, 
is the time. So he comes back and what does he say? Famous. This is what Martin Luther is famous for. He's, for 24 hours, he's, I don't think he would have slept much, Harold. No, he wouldn't time. have slept at all. He comes and, back. Uh, he was it? to get there at 4 o'clock yep. and the emperor was busy and they made him wait till 6 o'clock. Now, this is now dark and they've just got candles all around the place and the the he given the answer come in and they empress he could only talk Spanish and French. Mm. Luther spoke Latin and German. Mm. And he was ordered in Latin and German give a clear and simple answer. Will you or will you not recant? What did he say? Well, he opted to show humility and his great response to this has gone down in history. Mm. It's like an immortal one. Let me tell you, Luther stands up and he acknowledges the emperor, he acknowledges all the princes, and then he says, if I cannot be proved wrong by words from scriptures or by some other clear reason, for I do not believe in the Pope or in the councils alone, since they've been shown often to err and to contradict themselves, then I am bound by those passages from Scripture I myself have quoted as long as my conscience is bound by the Word of God, I cannot and will not recant because acting against conscience is unsafe and threatens salvation. God help me. Amen. Fantastic. How did, the, how did the Spanish guards who were guarding the emperor respond? Well, when he, he leaves, all these Spanish guards that are with the emperor, they say, into the fire with him, into the fire. But how did the, but, crowd, how did the crowd respond? Oh, the crowd, that's totally... That, that April 20, the next day or two, there's notices all around the city, 400 knights and 8,000 troops are ready to battle Luther's cause. That actually saved his life. It did. So it we've did. gone from 100 knights to 400 knights and thousands of soldiers. Yep. What I found interesting, is this true, that as he left the court, the Spanish soldiers are crying out for him to be executed by fire, but there's yep. a lot of people in the crowd roaring their support yep. for him, so there's just bedlam. Um, it is. He leaves the city the next day, what happened to Luther on his way home? Well, he sets out for home and he preaches in the towns where he comes, mm-hmm. in Hurstfeld and then in Eisenach. Mm-hmm. And he'd been given 21 days safe conduct to get home. But on the way, Frederick the Wise, this elector of Saxony, mm-hmm. he had told his servants and some of his soldiers, you go and grab the guy and whisk him off. No one will know where he's gone. And they took him into the castle there, the Wartburg Castle, the Wartburg Castle, right near Eisenach. Where he was safe for some time, and that's another story, Harold. Um, it is. No one could knew where he was. They thought he had died. They didn't yep. know. He's gone. Fabulous story, Harold. Uh, we're out of time. Loved having you tell it, and look look forward to the next instalment. Perhaps, perhaps Harold, we can move on a little bit with Luther's life, um, and okay. look uh, in the next instalment before we look at Karlstad and just perhaps finish his journey. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you for joining us. 
All the best. God yep. bless. Bye-bye. Bye then. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Good, good, good story that one. Yeah, absolutely. I love, it a I love it a lot. I like how Martin Luther's got this really defiant streak in him. Yes. Um, yes. Which I kind of, I guess I... Kindred spirits, come yeah. on, let me say it. <laughs> I just like the way he stands up by himself. Yes. He, this, this guy is the ultimate at swimming against the flow. Yep. The Bible's convicted him. He's got a relationship with Jesus. The whole world is against him here. And he stands up and says, I will not recant. If the Bible doesn't show me I'm not going to do it and I just loved it mm. and he was prepared to go to death if it came to it he was uh, how that story ends is a good one hey this uh, song No More Night who's singing it hunty ah one of my favourite Christian groups on the planet the Heritage Singers now I think you can say unlike Steve Green that you actually have done sound for this group <laughs> you have done the tech for them correct yeah all sorts of stuff for these guys yeah in, in both the US and Australia yep. or just Australia no, both <laughs> okay this is a good song Yes. Hope you enjoy it.
never crying again And praise Kevin Petrie to the program today. You here, Kevin? I'm here. Okay, glad to hear from you. How are you? Doing well, thanks. That's good. Now, you have a very important job, and right from the beginning, I think I want to identify this so our listeners have got an idea who we're talking to. You're the Vice-Chancellor of Avondale University, correct? That's correct. Which means the boss. Well, um, so they say. <laughs> I think that's what it means, the boss, the boss of Avondale. Avondale. I, I, I keep reverting back to Avondale College, but uh, we'll, we'll get to this in a moment. You're a university now. Let, let's talk to you about you. Um, where were you born and where did you grow up? Yeah, Lloyd, I, uh, I was born in Christchurch, South New Zealand, and, um, and grew up in a, a number of different places. My parents shifted to Victoria, Australia when I was fairly young, and then on to uh, East Africa, where I um, spent my primary school years, and then uh, then back to New Zealand. So I'm uh, I'm another, another one of these imports uh, to Australia from Kiwiland. Uh, so if the All Blacks are playing the Wallabies? Uh, look, I'm afraid it's all blacks all the way, Lord. <laughs> I'm very, very disappointed. We need to be more careful who we bring onto this Who chose these guests? <laughs> <laughs> so you just shared with us, you, you did your schooling, what, in Africa mostly, is that correct? New Zealand and Africa? I think, are we still That is hunting? not a good sign. Ah, welcome to live radio. No, no, hang on. Still, no, you know what? I'm. <laughs> that's a very horrible sign. That's a very horrible thing to hear. Listening. Uh, to the, all right, here, here we go. Take two. Yep. This happens when we're on it live does. radio. Proves that we're live. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, me too. Well, 
Hey, I'm got, sorry, I dropped you... out. Oh, we're, we're glad to have you back, though. <laughs> I was talking about your schooling. Um, welcome back. You, you did your schooling what New Zealand, Australia, and, and Africa? Is that correct? And I'm talking That's primary, correct, high yeah. school. Yes, um, high school I ended back in New Zealand after after my parents. So, did some of my schooling in Christchurch, and uh, and some of my high schooling then in Auckland and in, in North New Zealand. Okay, now you went to uni, obviously, and did a degree. Where was all that done? Yeah, look, I did my first one at Longburn Adventist College, which is just out of Palmerston North yep. in North New Zealand, and uh, and then did some study at Avondale. What years were you uh, there? At Avondale? Yes. I came back when my kids were just young, 1995. Okay. Um, and did a bit more study. And then some more later on at La Trobe University. So I completed uh, my doctoral work at uh, at La Trobe in, in Victoria. Is your, I call it your foundational degree, your first degree, is that teaching? Yes, I'm, my background is uh, of a primary school teacher. Okay, uh, and okay. Principal, uh, and worked in that area for... 24 years before looking for a bit of a change and decided we would go into higher education. Okay, so your degree is in uh, your, your PhD, which you have, thus Dr. Mm. Kevin Petrie. Is it just a single PhD or, or, or you did a master's too? How did that work? Yeah, look, we, we did a master's degree, uh, first of all, in the area of, of leadership and administration and then... Uh, and then got really interested in the topic of school bullying. Wow! Uh, and school climate. So that uh, that interest grew stronger uh, until I decided to take time out and uh, just study full time in that area. Okay, so that's what you did your PhD in. So that was uh, that was the doctoral work. Yeah, that is a very relevant subject to study even to this day. Um, it is. I, I don't think it's one of those things that's ever going to go away. And uh, I think always worth understanding a little better. Yeah. Where did you meet your wife? So we were both at Longburn uh, Adventist College. Okay. In, uh, in North New Zealand at that time. And um, so got to know each other as boarding students. Both of us were boarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's from North New Zealand. And, uh, look, uh, boarding colleges are a great place to meet your future spouse. Uh, and it certainly works for me. I think it works for a lot of people. We might talk about that in a minute. You've got kids? (laughs) I do. I've, uh, got a son who works as a a psych nurse in, uh, the public hospital in Coffs Harbour. Yep. And uh, a daughter who's a primary teacher in Brisbane. Were they Avondale University trained? They were. They both. Uh, they both came through Avondale. Okay. Um, my daughter grading about six years ago, and my son a couple of years ago. Dare I say uh, grandkids yet? No grandkids. Okay. No. Um, you know, I would have thought by now, but uh, I think. Um, you know, my kids have a few other priorities. Yeah, and uh, and grandkids hasn't just been on their list of things to deliver. We all wait in hope on that one. <laughs> <laughs> what does Kevin Petrie enjoy? Hobby sports. 
Yeah, look, I, uh, I've got a couple of uh, Border Collie dogs and uh, I love getting out in the bush. Mm-hmm. So we live not too far from the the Wadigan Range and uh, and also enjoy music. I, I write music and uh, have a little recording studio here at home. Oh, okay. Mm, wow. When we can, we, we, we dip into it and uh, spend a bit of time there. What was that last one? I just missed that. Sorry. A recording studio. Uh, look, yeah, recording studio. But, oh, you uh, spend a bit of time. Yep. Got you. Uh, yeah. Is that you singing or playing musical instruments or? Yeah, a bit of both. Um, I, I play a couple of musical instruments uh, and also sing. My wife sings. Okay. Do you sing and, together? Uh, so we, we do a bit of music together and uh, my daughter uh, loves her music and singing. So sometimes it's a family Mm. thing and the, and the three of us get together. Fantastic. What job do you hold down now? Well, we've already mentioned it, but just remind us, what do you actually, what, what, what is the job? What do you do? Yeah, look, so it's uh, in, in charge of uh, oversight for the running of Avondale University. It's called either President or, or Vice-Chancellor. Um, and it really involves the, the strategic overview and uh, ensuring that all the various operational areas and schools run in a way that um, contribute to that strategy. Mm. And uh, we have two different campuses, one uh, in Kurenbong, which is called our Lake Macquarie campus, mm-hmm. and uh, another one in Warunga in the north part of Sydney, which is uh, mainly our nursing. Of course, uh, when campus. we're talking about Avondale, we're talking about my college university too. Um, it was a okay, college when I was there. You're our alumni. I am. I am. 1990, a long time ago now, but uh, I, I can testify. <laughs> testify. You like that word, hunty? I do. I can testify that some of the best years at my of my entire life were at Avondale. It is a fabulous place. Um, just it's, a, it's a special place. It really is. Um, a short history of Avondale. Sure. We are actually in our 125th year. Um, so started off in 1897 um, on our current site. Um, actually started off uh, with two students and five staff. Wow. So it was a, a rather great um, student-to-staff ratio. Um, and over the years has grown. Um, it, it began um, as um, you know, a, a missionary college. Uh, and over the years, that name has changed. We were Avondale College for a number of years, then Avondale College of Higher Education. Um, and over the years, we have developed uh, and specialised in particular courses. Uh, we don't attempt to offer the full range no. um, that a large university might. Instead, we have particular areas that we pour our energy into. Uh, and just ensure that we do really well. Just briefly, what are those areas while you're talking about it? So we um, we offer teaching, yep, uh, nursing, uh, business degree, um, arts degrees such as visual arts, counselling, uh, chaplaincy, uh, ministry and theology, uh, lifestyle medicine. Um, so very strongly related. Uh, you know, within the, the health areas, the education areas, 
and business tends mm. to be our our three over uh, you know overarching. Uh, with ministry and theology really remaining um, important to us, um, mm. that was um, key courses that Avondale was known for when it first began. In, in, in other words, you trained the pastors for the Seventh Day Adventist Church. That's right. Yeah, yes. yeah. Now there's an, there's indoor and outdoor students there. Is that correct? Yes, we have the option of students living uh, on campus and being there twenty four seven. Yep. Uh, and then we have those who travel in and uh, just study by day. And then, of course, those who study at a distance. So we have students in uh, a number of different places and different countries, different states. How many and, students? Um, at the moment, we're around about 1,000 students, uh, and that includes uh, on campus and uh, also those who study by distance. How many would, would live on campus in the dorms? This year we've had uh, a couple hundred, okay. um, so around about um, you know between fifteen and twenty percent. Has it been difficult? Comment. Has it been difficult recovering from COVID for the for the university? Yeah, look, it has. Um, COVID just changed um, not just the way we did things, but uh, often the mindset uh, and the expectation of of students uh, in terms of. Uh, you know, wanting that flexibility in the way that they learn. Okay. I was really interested, however, at the start of this year as we came out of COVID, as we opened up again, it was really good to see that keenness of students to be back on campus. Yeah. Um, so although they valued the flexibility, there's just something about the learning community of being face-to-face that... Uh, that has really drawn them back, which has uh, been encouraging to see. Of course, at the beginning of the year, we knew as they came back into the dorms that uh, you know we'd have a bit of COVID going around, um, which we did. Um, but even in those situations, the students were just keen to stay. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, keen to be involved in that. Um, that special community that happens when you actually live on campus. Well, they're what? They're playing basketball. There's all sorts of sports that they can play, um, all sorts of activities they do. They really have a great time, don't they? Look, they do. I mean, there's service activities they can be involved in. There's sports, like you mentioned, from basketball to futsal to, yep. you know, touch. There's uh, opportunities for to be involved in music, being a part of a music group, build. Um, social connections, and, and of course, with the local church yeah. uh, on campus, there's that opportunity to be involved um, in a spiritual sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. To, to develop those those church connections. Is it expensive? Look, for for most of our courses uh, and for most of our students, it's very similar mm. um, to what they would have in other places. Our our postgraduate. Fees are, are a little less expensive um, than some, but I think students are, are generally quite surprised to find um, how competitive the fees are. And of course, at the moment, as a, as an added bonus, there's the opportunity for free accommodation uh, in the residential halls for wow. any students who start next year. Um, oh, Eighteen that- months. 18 months free accommodation. 18 months free accommodation. So, wow. you know, that, that really makes 
makes it a, a competitive deal. You're going to say now you wished you had, had have had that when you were here. <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. Why am I thinking that? I was thinking exactly that same thing. I wish because I was four years indoors, so that would have been a big deal to me. Um, well, look, there's still time to come back. So <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. The only thing I'd come back for would be to do a Masters or something. That'd have to be uh, off, you know, what do they call it? Off, yeah. You know, off campus. And Starting off campus, yeah. I reckon sure. I might do something like that when I retire. Um, <laughs> um, why should I consider if I'm a young person, or an older person for that matter, Avondale Uni over other schools? I think I have an answer for that, but I'm not going to, I'm not. I'm, I want to hear from you. Yeah, look, really, really good question. I mean, Avondale was based on the strong belief um, that developing mind, even the physical and social, is not sufficient. Yeah. You know, we believe we have a spiritual side to us that is um, tremendously important. Mm. Uh, and that we do students at a service when we don't have a focus on developing mm. Mm. Um, that spiritual side as well. Mm. In addition, you know, our students tell us Strongly, they they really appreciate the personal attention. Mm. Um, they feel that they're not just a number or another student, but are, are, are treated as as of high individual worth. Mm. Uh, you know, our staff really invest into our students, uh, mm. and I think I think it's a, a differentiator which is in, incredibly special. Yeah, it is a it is a wonderful place. You know what I remember about Avondale? Every lecturer. Every teacher, every professor knew who I was. Yeah, every yeah. That, that taught me. I'm talking about, and they remember you too. You know, and the the staff or the I don't know, the staff to student ratio is incredible, really, isn't it? Compared to other big unis. Look, it, it is. Our class sizes tend to be fairly small, um, and that means that learning is um, is quite individual and group orientated. Um, you know, it's, mm. it's not so much being lectured at mm. uh, as being worked with as, as part of a learning community mm. with, with your groups of peers. Two quick questions because our time's up, unfortunately. Um, mm. How does Avondale rank against other unis? Yeah, and interesting that last year, um, 2021, Avondale uh, ranked number one in Australia. Wow, I know. In terms of the student experience, yeah. which... Uh, you know, is something that um, is indicative of the the type of effort that our staff put mm. in. I, I got to say, my daughter goes there, and she would back that up. It is the best experience. You know that I can barely get a phone call out of her at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, that's awful, but I just know she's having a great time. She's getting a great yeah. education. Um, last question: Where would I go to find more info? Look, the best place is on our website. You'll also find some of the offers on there. So mm-hmm. it's um, www.avondale.edu.au, avondale.edu.au. It'll have information in relation to courses, uh, fees, uh, and some of the um, really special offers that uh, are coming up over the next year. Well, you're doing a fabulous job. I mean that from my heart too. Um, we, we love Avondale University and we wish you and our university all the best in the future. Thank you so much. Great to talk. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
One of your favourite artists, this one, Hunter. Absolutely. One Give of my them favorite. all to Jesus, Evie. Yep. I think. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd give me more of an intro than that. <laughs> Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap up all the shadow dreams of your life. Jesus, lay them down. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus. Shattered dreams, wounded hearts, broken toys. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus. Okay, what a great so, song. So eh? next week we are going to have the email working, but it might be a different email, Hunty. Yeah, okay. Because we're having some difficulties. It will be a different email next week. Is that all right? Yeah, it's fine. I've got a couple here. That this is this is going to be our, what would you call it, our competition. Actually, I could have said that before because I've got the Aussie Pastor at gmail.com right in front of me. Yeah, so this will be our Aussie Pastor email competition mm. line. Mm. And I promise you I will give the book away. I just didn't want to make it unfair for our listeners. That's all, Hunty. I don't think there's anyone listening who... Can work an email but can't work a mobile phone. Never know. Because <laughs> I know some who are listening who can't do that. Well, I've been handling the my abuse dad, my from dad. our listeners who were looking forward to a book giveaway this afternoon. I promise, next week. Okay, very good. Go, hunting. It's time for Ask the Aussie Pastor. What time is it? Oh, we've got... 
You've got five minutes or so left. Here we go. First question. Why does it say spiritual... Oh, this is coming from the Bible text, Ephesians 6.12 from the NKJV. Why does it say spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places? If all the bad angels were banished. Oh, okay. So that's just talking about at the beginning of time, before time yeah. on this earth, there was a great war in heaven and all the angels who sided with Satan, which was a third of the angels. We're going to look at this. Well, no, we're not going to look at this. We're going to look at the end result of it next week. Um, it's Revelation... Um, this is Ephesians 6.12. Yeah, but I'm talking about oh, yeah. the battle. Yeah, yeah, Revelation yeah. 14, I think. I thought, I thought this text was to do with the battle. No, 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 no. no. It's, it's talking about... Uh, um, and and the last part of it, all the bad angels were banished. That's when they were banished right. to the earth. Are you with me, Hunty? Or have I lost you? No, you're with, I'm with you, but I actually, I actually took this the wrong way, clearly, again. <laughs> Time to be quiet so again. He's, this, this person who's asking this question says, why does it say spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places if all these angels have already been banished to earth? Right. Because that word heavenly place is not necessarily talking about heaven. It's just talking in the other world that we can't get to. Okay. That we can't see, right? We can't. We get to it. We live in it, this world, but we can't see. Yep. We can't. Well, sometimes you you do have encounters with demons, and yes. I have where you do see them. Yeah, but mostly you can't see them. Does that make sense? Yes, what I'm saying thank there, you. Got it. Yeah. Got okay. It. All right. Moving on. Does God expect us to keep good health? Yeah, for sure. Who asked that question? <laughs> <laughs> it it really does. Uh, you I bet, know, yeah. I, I learned, yeah, definitely. I mean, a number of times the, the apostles in the New Testament will say, well, I hope you're in good health. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. So, yeah, no, God wants you to be in good health. He wants you to be in good health, Andrew Hunt. He wants me, Lloyd Grolleman, to be in good health. I've been trying. It's not easy when you get to our age to turn your health around. I have to try because things aren't good for me. My... my uh, um, Blood pressure 157 over 95. But I went, I've been exercising, I've been watching mm-hmm. my diet. You're a witness to that. I am. I've been exercising. You know, when I exercise, I rang you up, I was so excited I, yesterday. I remember. My blood pressure dropped from 150 odd yep. over 95 to 121 over 61. Yeah, that's very healthy. And then I, I did some investigation. When you exercise, even when you're struggling a bit with high blood pressure like me, and the, the people worse, I've heard of people going over 200. Yep. Well, over 200. Yep. But when you exercise, it drops your blood pressure. It can drop your blood pressure for up to half a day. That's cool. And it did take a fair while for my blood pressure to go back up. wonder why I felt so good after exercise. So, yeah, look, God wants you to be healthy. Of course, someone said to me just the other week, Lloyd, you're very enthusiastic, you're working hard, but if you're not careful, you'll lose your health, and if you lose your health, you lose everything, and I think that's true. So, of course, God wants you to be in good health. All right, time for one more question. Oh, okay. Let me pick the best one. Hmm. How do you grow your faith? Mine is so weak. That's a great question. How long have I got to answer that? A minute. Bible study? Yep. Prayer? Of course. Then... When you're going through hard times, through your Bible study and your prayer, which is when you're in the presence of Jesus, that's when it gives you strength, and that's when it gives you courage, hunty. When you're going through hard times, allow those hard times to build your faith. As God takes you through it, look back and say, God got me through it, and let it build your faith. So hard times aren't necessarily bad things. They build your faith. How's mm-hmm. that, hunty? And that's how you do it. Bible study, prayer, and recognizing Jesus taking you through the hard times. I wish I had more time on that question. No, that's great. Can All we right. go back to that question next yeah, week? Because so we I ain't finished, mate. But for now, I want to be ready by BJ Thomas. Favorite singer.
Hunty, yes, we've got a program running online at the moment. It's called Surviving Chaos. The Chaos. Surviving Chaos. If you want to be part of it, go to AussiePastor.au. Yep, it's a good series. Yep, go to AussiePastor.au and register. It's talking about before you go on, Mister Hunt. Yes, I know you're rushing here. Always, it's talking about how to know Jesus in a practical way so that you can be ready for him as chaos continues to descend on our earth. Yes. How's that? Really Um, good. We'll close with a prayer. Dear Lord, come before you today. We thank you, Jesus, for your love. We thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you're coming again. May we, through you, be ready as the song just um, encouraged us. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, what is it, Hunty? AussiePasta.au. Uh, and register. And if you register, we will send you out every Friday night. There's still five programs to go? Six. Six programs to go. Six. And, and there's including nine. this there's Friday nine. night. There's nine altogether. Yeah. Now, today's date is the 25th of October, in case you're listening to a repeat. 
And if you um, jump onto our website, aussiepastor.au, we will send you a secret link to the program and you'll be sent the link 8 o'clock Friday night so that you can join us and watch a the program. A secret link because Facebook was giving us a hard time. Exactly. <laughs> we weren't able to get it out properly. <laughs> no, so we, we, had to, we had to do this a little more okay. skillfully. Is our time up? Um, Are we finished? Are we done? Oh, we've got another minute. Another minute? Yes. Hunty and I were just having a, a gentle little, uh, what would you call it, discussion about how we end our programs. <laughs> we always seem to be rushing. Other thing that's happening yep. is at New Hope Church on November 5, yes. at 6 p.m., we have a hymn sing. What's a hymn sing? That's when we play our favourite hymns and we invite the community to come, join the crowd, join the singers, listen to the concert and have a good time with us. Yeah, and there's going to be food there too. <laughs> That's right. Vegetarian food before the program, so you'd have to turn up early. Yes. And this is this is an annual thing that we do. At yeah, New we've Hope. done this before. It's very successful. People have a great time. Mm. You get to listen to some great Christian music. And to sing. And if you like to sing, yep, we encourage everyone to sing in a lot of the songs with us. We'll have a, a big orchestra on top of our regular band and uh, a large choir on top of our regular choir. Anyway, thank you, Hunty, for joining <laughs> us today. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. Yes, thanks, we'll listeners. We'll see you next time. My name's Lord Grolleman, I'm Aussie Pastor. And my name's Hunty, and I'm the tech in the dark. And we love you. Jesus loves you so, so much, much more. more. See you next time. See ya. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 